0: Rewind with Oshim Langan.
1: Doomed last season. You wouldn't have been given a bet on Leicester being a Premier League team the following season. And look where they are now. It's beyond belief.
2: I don't know. I don't know the secret. The players, the heart, the soul, how they play it.
1: And what is your message for the fans,
2: Paddy? Oh... Keep going, we want to improve a lot.
3: We're uh, a great team to be honest which like you know. Um, we have a lot to improve on for the next day, like you know. But um, no, look, Morris showed a bit of... near are already there they Didn't end, like to score the free. with a, a lot of rolling from the crowd, like you know. But that's the colour of the fairies. And
4: Roscommon have survived by the narrowest of margins. Roscommon were doing Novenas. The they were doing Haley Mary. Coming up the closing track. 115-2. 17 points Shell shock All round the place
5: This is the Rewind On News Talk Coming up more On Leicester's Title win And we ask If Spurs Will challenge again Next season Also their snooker As Mark Selby Completes a mega Monday for Leicester While in hurling Waterford and Clare Meet again in the Allianz League final While Offaly slip into the championship danger zone Christy Ring hurling a real possibility for them it was almost a fairy tale for New York who lost to Ross Common by a point in the Bronx we reflect on that match and how the Rossies will learn from it more on all of that to come but first the sporting story of the decade and probably the century so far is Leicester winning the Premier League title who better to soundtrack it than the Midlands best rapper Mark Morrison along with the off the ball commentary team of Dave McIntyre Nathan Murphy and Bernard O'Toole who have been following the Foxes very closely In the final run-in
1: Doomed last season Six games from the end of their last campaign You wouldn't have been given a bet On Leicester being a Premier League team The following season And look where they are now It's beyond belief It's
2: a good ball as well oh, It's a good good goal, goal. Oh! It's a winner for Leicester City And it's
5: a towards goal and it's in! Arsenal snatched the victory,
3: and it's Danny Welbeck! Arsenal 2, Leicester City 1! wrong to
2: think, oh, we can't win the, the league. No, we aren't used to stay there. It's, uh, it's important for us to show uh, matches like today. We lost, but we are satisfied because we played at the same level than uh, uh, Manchester City. In City we won, today we lost,
3: Okay. Christian boots with time to line up, they cross it, and it's got it, Look back it! Morgan has delivered a big, big moment in the Premier League title race. It's 1-0 to the league leaders. Vardy still there. Vardy beyond the known. Vardy puts it in. 2-0. Leicester City are 10 points clear. And they're taking another massive step towards Premier League glory. We're not done yet now. A little bit of space for Jeff Schlupp on the edge of the area. Schlup has a run into the pen here. goes down on a pressure. Penalty! Penalty! Penalty. It's another penalty! There was time for more to a score! As the King Power Stadium
1: erupts in the 95th minute, Leicester City rescue what could be a crucial
2: point. Our job is done No, at the beginning, 40 points is okay. Now everything he arrived is
1: fantastic. it to the far post, the header from King, back to Gray, back out to All-Right-in. Oh, and he scored within seconds of being brought onto the field by Ranieri! Leicester four, Swansea nil. Towards Morgan, always oh, Gordon West Morgan. He's equalised for Leicester City. And Wes Morgan, you got a crucial winner
5: three weeks ago. has got another. There is two goals this season. They've come with the title run. Was there any stage in this career, in this season? You, you told me all season long. Next game, next game. Our target is Europe. Our target is survival. At what stage did you believe that Leicester could win this title?
2: No, believe uh, last night. <laughs> believe last night. Really, not before? No, no. Of course, you feel something. You feel something. But uh, I am a pragmatic man, now, and uh, I know the football very well. Uh, something strange could happen, and Tottenham behind has uh, uh, pushed so so well. And I w- I want to say to congratulation to them because they. They made a fantastic season, as well as. And uh, for this reason, I, I was so, so, so calm. And, of course, I believe. I believe in my players. But uh, I, I was so happy last night.
0: You've said all season long this is a one-off. It's once in a lifetime, you said. Yeah. But can Leicester do this again?
2: No, I think no. But, of course, we want to continue to build. When I come here... Uh, the, the 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 project was uh, to build to build a very good foundation and slowly slowly to grow up together in 3 4 years to fight for to come in Europe League and then slowly slowly to come to fight uh, for Champions League now this season is uh, out of our project but of course the the, the the foundation are very very solid we know very well next season we have to fight for 10th uh, position to go over but OK, we, we we want to do the our best. Uh, a, uh, I'm positive a positive, and then uh, I want to fight.
5: Yeah, great season for Leicester. We'll have more on that later with Paddy Mulligan. And we cover them all the way on Off The Ball. And don't forget, we've got two more live and exclusive matches this Sunday. Manchester City taking on Arsenal and Spurs up against Southampton. Arsenal can still capture second position. So Spurs by no means safe there. City also looking to solidify their spot in the top four Hurling now and former Offaly hurler and uh, Irish independent GA writer Michael Verney joins us to look ahead to next Sunday's Allianz League final replay between Clare and Waterford James O'Connor by the way will be covering that one live for News Talk first though here's the thoughts of Clare coach and selector Donal Cusack on why he felt it was so tight last Sunday when Waterford and Clare played out a twenty points apiece draw,
0: a mixture, of everything, I think, like you know, especially with the top teams, every game takes on almost a, a life of its own. And um, you know, I think it's just the way the game has, uh, has has evolved in that you've got teams setting up in certain ways, you've got opposing teams trying to set up in a way to uh, to counteract that. And in general, the game. Um, has turned into a game that does a lot of play around the, uh, the middle third, with not alone your uh, your wing forwards going back, which was very much it was very much a, you know Kilkenny would have been the first one of the first teams I ever saw um, actually employing that tactic where your half forwards would go way back deep into uh, to defence to collect the ball, and I think just the game keeps evolving and evolving, and and long made that happen, you know. You know I heard someone talking lately about the um, you know maybe. You know, Maybe it's not to everybody's satisfaction or everybody's taste, but look, that's the way, that's the, way the game is going.
5: John Logue Cusack there. Michael, it was exciting, but not great in a quality sense.
6: It didn't make for a great spectacle, no. But it was intriguing. There were so many bodies. Like You had to be down there to actually see the amount of bodies actually in the middle Third, It was crazy. There must have been 20 bodies around the breaking ball. Just then, even looking at the analysis on, on, the, on League Sunday the other night, the only way around it was to try and get down the wings, and even then there was bodies flooding in. But if a team wants to be competitive, you know, if this is how Clare won their All-Ireland but a similar style, this is how Waterford would see themselves winning an All-Ireland too. And just chatting to Colin Ryan after, like, they don't care. They don't care how the system is. They don't really care what people think. And it's not for the purest. definitely not. It's not this 100, you're not going to see 100-yard clearances or anything like that. But... The end will always justify the means. And at the end of the day, if either of those teams had won by a point the other day, they're not going to care what anyone says about the system. And if they win by a point the next year they're not going to care either.
5: What's the difference between Clare this year and Clare in 2013? Because we're told it's a similar style. And I can see where those comments are coming from because there's a lot of short passing and kind of moving the ball in the overlap. But it does seem to be a bit harder to break down, Clare, defence-wise.
6: Definitely. I yeah. just I was looking the other day, like... I know Donalogue is doing a lot of work with the defence like the likes of Keane Dillon and, and Pat O'Connor are outstanding the other day and I just think they've really set out their stall we don't want to concede goals we were probably porous at the back the last couple of years and the fact is you know people maybe get a little bit kind of uh, preoccupied with the sweeper thing I don't think it's a sweeper system so much anymore it's the congestion within that middle third it's hard it's, it's nearly you're nearly worse to have the ball in the middle third you're going to get it taken off you you know what I mean and it just seems everything is very congested there. The speed of the ball coming to the inside forward line is slowed down so much. The quality of the ball is slowed down so much. You're giving the defender that advantage. and That's the big thing. But saying that, if you can get the ball in quick, if you can somehow get the ball in quick if you can break that middle third down the field that is where he will get scores because there is still space there but saying that, looking at Sunday like I, I don't see I, I see so many changes for when they play each other in the Munster Championship, they really didn't show their hand at all with regards to their forward play in my opinion but unfortunately hearing this morning that one of their ace Trumps John Conlon looks like he's going to be out for up to 12 weeks and that's a tactic that they would have liked to have employed, maybe not next week but definitely in, in 5 weeks time for Championship
5: and that is something I actually put to Donalogue as well. I said, if ye want to, ye can go direct. Ye can do the Kilkenny thing of winning your own ball on the forward line. And even without John, they can still do that. Now, they would be less effective because we've all seen
6: what he can do. And even in the last three games up to the,
5: the final, which he didn't play in, he scored big goals.
6: Yeah, and I know like Aaron Shanner probably took a bit of time to get into it the other day. But he is a good outlet on a high ball like that. And he can win a high ball. And it's it's so important that... They're not they're not necessarily stuck to this rigid system. They can do it for something different. No more than Kerry when they had, you know, Tommy Walsh and Kieran Donay inside. They can play all the fancy ball and get the ball into the gooch and they can play all the lovely football. But it doesn't always work the whole time. So it's great to have this outlet that they can launch ball in and Probably, like, that's where you're probably going to see most of the goals come from, is a breaking ball in or around there or Shanahar getting a catch. He was, I think, they're nearly their only shot in goal or one of their only shots in goal came from a Shannon mm-hmm. catch in around the edge of the square. And it is a massive outlet to have. It's so, so important. You can't... Eclair are not one-dimensional. They're not two-dimensional. There's 20 different dimensions going on there. So there's always going to have loads of different options, and that's definitely one of them.
5: Did we see a bit more about Waterford in the second half an extra time? in the final on Sunday
6: yeah we we talked here two weeks ago about you know whether they had found that extra forward and it's a great sign that Patrick Kern missed three or four frees and was still able to pop up and get you know win a ball in difficult conditions and put over the bar he got two points like Shane Bennett a lot of people know, psychologically if you're missing frees and there were a couple of difficult frees and maybe one easy free but if you're still able to stand up win a ball take on a defence and put it over the bar that's massive and I think that's I, they, have, they have grown into men probably in the last you know 12 to 18 months and that's huge you know they can't just always be relying on the brick to win ball and yeah we definitely, we've definitely seen a bit more about them and if the likes of Tom Devine who came in the other day and had two goal chances just with regards to their system if you can you get limited chances if you convert you're in business. If you don't convert, they leave Clare in a game like they did the other day. They could have realistically had two goals the other day. If they up, you know, the percentages, the scoring percentages, don't see them missing freeze like they did the other day. Um, Morris or Parik Matney, I think will be taking freeze from here on in. But it's a good learning curve for those guys, for Shane Bennett, for Patrick Curran to have missed freeze and to still, they weren't taken off at half time. They still stood up and were counted when they needed.
5: And that's something a couple of years ago that would really have affected a Waterford team if Owen Kelly or Paul Flynn weren't in form Waterford were generally good. Listen, this is Dan Shanahan, Waterford selector and coach, speaking about his brother Morris, who stood up and took that free at the end from inside his own half. Uh, it is what uh, levelled the game and brought us to a replay next Sunday in Thurles at three thirty.
3: We always knew it was going to be like that. they uh, are a great team to be honest, which like you know, um, but we have a lot to improve on for the next day, we can all. But um, no, look, I suppose Morris showed a bit of near oldy there at the end, like to score the free, but. A lot of roaring from the crowd, like you know, but um, that's the colour of the I think that a draw was probably the fair result. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong in saying that, like, you know, but um, as I said, um, our there be a little roadie to, to put the ball over there for you. A lot of hurtling from the other, the other side of the pitch. But um, again, a sport and he 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 had the, the goal
5: to do it and he did it. And we're all delighted for Maurice Shanahan because we're all aware off the field he's had struggles and he's spoken about that himself. Uh, So it's good to see him in a positive mindset regardless of hurling, regardless of what's going on on the pitch. But uh, Dan spoke about Morris there. We know what he can do from freeze. The assumption is that if if he starts the next day,
6: Waterford might go a bit more direct. But that's not necessarily the case, is it? Well, he he showed that he was that sort of outlet inside last year that he can, you know, beat three defenders. He can play as that kind of lone attacker. But I kind of like him out the field as well. Like when you're able to pick off a point from 60 or 70 yards, like he can at ease. He's very flexible in where he plays. No more than Derek Hornham been brought out this, this year. These guys, it's, you're not so much tied down to a position anymore. But I do, think, I do think maybe the tactic of Morris being inside, I'm not sure if we'll see that the next day. Not for long if we do. Because I think that's going to be more of a championship tactic.
5: How hard is it to pick out and praise or criticise individual players when the game is like this, when the ball is thrown in and there's maybe 27 guys between the 45s?
6: yeah it's it's very tough like we were only chatting a half time just up in the press box like could we pick out who who had been the best player on the field in the first half and we we couldn't we couldn't really like and you don't really see you know who's really on their game until the game opens up a bit, but saying that like around the middle middle third of the field the likes of you know david reedy i I just think actually just something we were saying as well, I think there's a shift again the the more the smaller more mobile players are becoming more. I suppose more influential, maybe, on games. You need to be able to try, you need yeah. to be able to cover Baron, serious ground.
5: Greedy, Dylan. Carlo O'Connell when he came on none of them joins
6: they're, they're very small they're small enough yeah. fellas like Carlo O'Connell is, is probably 5'6, five, 5'7 five, and he had a massive influence when he came on and had a couple of great chances and you need to be able to you know you need to be able to gallop you need to be able to cover serious ground and these guys were doing it around that middle third and
5: break tackles as well and the smaller guy has an advantage because not only does he break the tackle but chances are if someone goes high on him he'll get the free easier
6: uh, Just that was actually something we were talking about the other day as well like the smaller guys the tendency to draw yellow cards the tendency (laughs) it's just because if you're you know six foot six foot one and you're leaving your arms up in the air the head just comes down a small bit and I don't, it's very hard for a referee because it looks absolutely awful, and it's 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 impossible not to give a free. But these guys around the middle third are putting in a serious shift. Jamie Barron really came into the fore, like fifty minutes onwards. He was really on, on top there as well. It, there is a shift coming there as well, and like you know, ten years ago we saw Kenny reinvented it. You know, Brian Cody had bigger fellas. I. It, but saying that, it'd be very very interesting to see how these guys will come up against the likes of a fit McFenley or a fit Owen Larkin around that middle third as well yeah and will kilkenny
5: meet fire with fire will they do what they have done in the past As done said a few minutes ago and draw their half back line back and um, before we move off this subject i won't ask you for a prediction on the result but i will ask you for a prediction on what kind of game you think it will be same again on sunday very uh, bunched around the middle a lot of uh rucks a lot of kind of um ugly stuff and James o'connor said it on on sunday a lot of the game while it was exciting it was turgid you, Think we'll see the
6: same again this Sunday? I think we'll see a couple of goals on Sunday. Um really? I think it will be I think well, I think they'll be more clinical. I think Waterford will get those two or three chances and probably, you know, take one of them this week and I think Claire something similar as well. But with regards to the traffic around the middle of the field I, I, I don't really see that changing because they probably do have an eye on a tactic or different tactics to be implemented come June fifth but i don't see them giving i don't see them you know giving any inkling to that on sunday and we're going to see something very yeah. very similar intriguing stuff it's it's different you don't probably don't want to be seeing it every week but you're not going to see it every week because not every team plays like that and not every team or, different teams are going to have different approaches to them but something similar i'd say yeah
5: it's that time of year where league meets championship last sunday in the leinster group section uh, offaly lost to westmeath now it's not really that big a surprise michael i know this is something that's close to your heart because you're a former offaly hurler and you have seen awfully up close over the last couple of years and you've been part of it and it's hard it's hard not to be cruel when I say this but this this is not a surprise like this was always going to happen because awfully they've been just been going down and down and down and maybe they went down a further level last Sunday and Westmead came up as well you know that's part of this story as well the work that has been put in by Westmead by Michael
6: Ryan the manager along with Michael Walsh and others yeah, unfortunately, Oshin. from my own opinion, anyway, it wasn't that much of a surprise. You do like Leash beat us last year for the first time, in, I think it was forty-three years. Kerry beat us in the league for the first time in in God knows how long. Westmead beat us this year, and no, you can't you can't keep keep getting beaten by these teams at twenty-one and at minor. And it's not going it's not just going to disappear when it comes to senior level. Eventually, it is it is going to tell. Unfortunately, like the the level of neglect in Offaly towards development in the last fifteen twenty years is. It's just stark like and you don't it's like it's like I don't know you can't it's like you have a girlfriend and you keep treating her badly and you think you're going to get away with it after a while it yeah. doesn't it catches up on you
5: this, in the same with often how does that manifest itself how does the like how is it being neglected
6: you have to go back to the grassroots as, as low as you can get you start fours and fives and six and stuff like that it's it's just the same level of coaching is not been done in schools the same level of coaching unfortunately is not been done in clubs and then like with regards to like development squads in offley development squads are kind of a they're here today, kinda of gone tomorrow, kind of a job, you know. There's an emphasis on it at one stage, then there's not so much of an emphasis. They might train once a week. I chat to some of the coaches, they find it hard to even get them to train once a week. The how should I say, the facility maybe isn't there for them to train once a week. And just from I was teaching myself back in, in Banaher there a couple of years ago and you chat to the young lads and you'd be asking them, like, would you agree with the development squad? I said, No, no, why would we? Like the, the club setup is better than the county setup and you know, and, and this, this is the facts of it like, and how eventually it will catch up you cannot keep you know, neglecting for, it, it, it does catch up at a certain length of time it just gets, catches up on you and unfortunately that's catching up with us but yeah. I will say this people think that Sunday was bad unfortunately and whether, whether people like it or not it's going to get worse and people are going to see worse over the next 5 or 10 years
5: Christy Ring hurling is a real possibility especially if they lose to Carlo this weekend
6: that's uh it's it's hard to even fathom it yeah. but yeah it is it is a respons- a big kind of a how should i say a big it's a threat it's a it's, it, it it's, is a big threat it's, yeah it's possible. it's more
5: than possible it could happen
6: i know that the, uh, dahi, dahi Regan, a clubmate of mine has talked about that and he was he was half slated over what he said a number of years ago but that that is a distinct possibility uh like it's hard it it is hard to fathom like where we have fallen, but you know if you don't put the the procedures in place if the organisation is not there like these things we were always told it's funny enough when, we, when I was hurling senior maybe four or five years ago like you'd play Dublin you'd play Westmead whatever you'd always say oh we, we have the better hurlers and it was always this thing that you'd fall back on with our tradition and we have better hurlers but you can't always keep falling back on that if you're not doing the same work if you're not being prepared the same and as all those teams it catches up on you and just something else I will say I, I, feel, I feel very sorry for and Kelly to be honest with you because I know what's going on in that setup, and I know and from my own opinion and I've worked with Eamon before Eamon is probably the best coach or manager that Offley have had in the last 10 years but unfortunately he wasn't over the minor team five years ago he wasn't involved in the development of these players before they got to senior level and you know you can't make a Silkspurse out of a Sousier really and that's what he's kind of been forced to do and I know he took the blame on Sunday and uh, he was very it was very how should I say generous of him to do that but he's far, he's, he's as far away from the blame as anybody.
5: Just before I let you go, I want to get a quick comment on Ross Common almost losing to New York. Here's Fergal O'Donnell, the Ross Common joint manager, speaking to Shannon's side FM.
6: Very poor performance. Again, a lot of the lads will have to look at themselves. Very poor performance and um, very disappointed, obviously. But um, we won, but um, unfortunately, it doesn't argue well for the summer if we keep playing like that.
5: Fergal O'Donnell, the Ross Common joint manager there. And as Willie Hegarty said on commentary on Shannon's side, I've such a, a very boring life. That I actually listened to the game at home on Sunday night, and uh, Willie said Ross Common looked like a beaten team. They
6: got away with it. They really did get away with. Yeah, I don't think anybody could have predicted beforehand that you know New York would push Ross Common to within a point. But New York have New York have some very talented players there. The likes of Brian Connor from Offaly, Johnny Glynn, who he would be more associated with as a hurler with Galway, and, and Johnny Duan from Galway as well. It it would have been a great story. It would have been, of yeah. course, that as I said, the fairy tale in New York.
5: It would have been a bigger shock than Leicester winning the Premier League.
6: I think that's fair to say it yeah. would have been. Yeah, it, it, the only thing is Leicester produced over a season, which yeah. is huge, and this would only have been a one-off game. But saying that, I think it's still the wake-up call that Ross needed. Everything went pretty swimmingly in the league. You know, they pushed Dublin to a point. They, I know, they got a bit of a trimming off Kerry in the semi-final. But this, you know, we're, we're, it's May second at the moment. I think Kevin McStay and Fergal, Fergal O'Donnell would be happy enough. In a sense, it's a it's a real kick up the ass that they needed.
0: Yep.
5: Okay, Michael Verney of the Irish Independent and former offaly hurler. Thanks for joining us on the rewind here on News Talk.
6: Thanks, a million.
5: Back to the Premier League now, and former Chelsea and Ireland fullback Paddy Mulligan joins us as always. Paddy, try to put into context what Leicester have achieved.
4: It was a magnificent performance by Leicester over, over the whole season. And, and they've written a, re- a real piece of history here as well because uh, uh, what what they've achieved is actually quite incredible. Uh, with, with the players who were sort of nomads, if you like, and then uh, fitting from one place to the other in non-league football, and, and, and in eight, eight, uh, uh, the eighth division, uh, uh, Conte was in the eighth division in uh, in France. So I mean, what a remarkable achievement, and what a wonderful uh, achievement by uh, Nigel Pearson. They set the wheels in motion last season, and then uh, um, Ranieri then picked up the cudgel and, and, and went and managed absolutely magnificently. He's, he's, been, he's been a smashing, smashing manager, and it couldn't happen to a nicer fella to go on and, and win the Premier League. It's been absolutely supreme.
5: Does it go to show how much attitude can get you in football and how much of a difference that makes? Because there's not much difference between a top, top player and a quote-unquote ordinary player. But we're told no. that the difference is sometimes... Attitude, like that, the best players are that bit more dedicated. They don't go out when other players don't go out. You know, they or go out. They they work on things that other players don't work on. Is is that the difference with this Leicester team? Somehow, they got the attitude right.
4: Yeah, the attitude of of, of, of any player. I mean, it's all it's all down to attitude. You have all the skill in the world, but if you don't apply yourself in the correct fashion, both on and off the pitch, well then you're you're you know you're 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 looking for trouble. And, and these Leicester lads have, have been absolutely brilliant and, and in fairness to me, Early is managing really well and the coaching staff at Leicester uh, deserve an awful lot of credit they've done the simple thing and they've done it very, very well and, and they, they've played to their strengths at all times which is, which is wonderful management and, 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 and wonderful to see from, from players who know what the limitations are but what, what they're good at, they maximise and what they're, what they're not so good at, it, it's covered up because they work so hard uh, to make sure that they don't they, they don't get exposed in, uh, in any dangerous situations. I mean, the, the back four are, are a prime example. I mean, Danny Simpson was up at Newcastle and he was having a bit of a nightmare up there. But look at look at the season he's had. I guess so look at look at Robert Huth who, who, who was written off. Uh, Wes Morgan? You know, um, Fuchs at full. match. Schlupp comes in and 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 does, and does a job. And this is all it's all about uh, man management. Ranieri uh, it's just a, a past master. Oh they they've been absolutely magnificent all season long. And it it would to me it would have been a travesty if, if uh, they hadn't gone and won the, won the Premier League.
5: Formation wise did Ranieri do anything spectacular? I heard Jamie Carragher say last night that at the start of the season while they were scoring they were they were letting too many in and then he said right full backs don't go forward as much don't attack as much and they just became solid and the back four became a back four that you know, went nowhere, kind of like the Arsenal back four at the, the peak of their powers. Would you agree yeah. with
4: those comments? Yes, and, and, and I mean that that's your starting point. You know, when you when you go to manage a team, your starting point is don't concede. And that might sound negative, but it's certainly not negative because if you don't concede goals, you're not you're not going to lose too many games, and 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 you, you must you must have a solid back four, and that's a, that's the basis. And then you can start getting your midfield into play, and then you can start getting your front lads. But if your back four are leaking goals at at at, at every opportunity, well, then you're in deep trouble. You don't have a proper goalkeeper. I mean, Sh- uh, Kasper Schmeichel has been magnificent. The save he took off, and some of the saves he took off on Sunday are just just absolutely uh, brilliant.
5: Can Leicester back this up? Can they do it again?
4: It's going to be, it's going to be very difficult because they they're, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're shown their hand now. But I do expect them to be challenging. And I, what I would like to see happen at Leicester would be that all of those players don't get sidetracked and remain with Leicester and make Leicester the big club. Don't be bothered about Man United or Liverpool or any place else. You go ahead and, and, and really ca- uh, carve your name with pride in, uh, at Leicester City Football Club and make a real statement that Leicester are going places. the financial backing is there by all accounts. So, lads, you go and say that. I'm not, I'm not so sure that some of these players would fit in to, to uh, any, of, any of the so-called top yeah. clubs. So I think you go, and make your, you go and make Leicester City a top club, lads. And and, and you'll be the ones to rewrite the history of Leicester City Football Club. You've already done that. So let's, let's go another step further and, and go again next season. And I, I'd, I'd be very, very disappointed if, if uh, any of those Leicester City uh, players went, uh, went, went and left, left the club. I see my uh, mother came out over the weekend and said that she he, she, he should stay at Leicester. And, and as far as I'm concerned, she's quite right.
0: I think you must have come over their... and, and
4: putting exert pressure on, on yeah. the lads to say yeah. as well. <laughs> they've, look, they've got great camaraderie. Yeah. Why, 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 why yeah. break up? They're having a great time. You saw yeah. them last night celebrating again. You see the way that they play for each other on, on the pitch. You see the way they are off the pitch. It's magnificent. It takes, takes an awful lot to go on and, and get that going. But then, you know, if you get one bad apple in it, the whole thing can fall asunder. Now, that have been brilliant. So, lads, you know, have a, have a look back. Don't be greedy. You know, you can make you can make Leicester City, Le- Leicester City a huge club as well, lad.
5: What are the lessons that Leicester can learn from Nottingham Forest? Because they won two European Cups, as they were called back then, in a row, but they just couldn't sustain that level of brilliance. It took a no, long it, while it, for them to fall out of the Premier League, but it eventually did happen. But what can Leicester learn from yeah, that? Yeah,
4: what, what what an achievement to go and win the Euro- uh, Champions League, as it is now, in two years' in yeah. succession for Nottingham Forest. I yeah, mean that's that, that, it's that amazing quite, Paddy quite but well,
5: how, how can Leicester keep doing this and what can they learn well, from it? what they have to
4: do is just make sure that as I already stated, that keep, keep the players that they have and start adding they're going to always have to add quality and be looking to add quality yeah. and keep their feet on the ground and, 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 and don't get carried away with the fact you won the Premier League You've got an awful lot of hard work to go and do. Try and retain that. Your goal should be let's retain that league next season. Let's do well in the Champions League. Let's do well in every competition that we're in and, 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 and get the squad that little bit bigger so they can they can change. But maybe maybe these uh, the, uh, don't want to be don't, don't want to uh, use a rotation system yeah. and, and uh, I'd be in agreement with that as well. Once they stay, stay injury free and their fitness are level or fine well then let them let, let them off as I'd be concerned.
5: I guess you don't want to give Claudio Ranieri the option of tinkering because that's when it's gone Wrong from. Uh, what about Spurs? They'd be looking at this as a real opportunity missed. And um, going back to what I was saying at the start, mentality wise, they let themselves down over the last couple of weeks. We could see it last night, and we could even see it with Deli Alli and his little punch out. I mean, that's, those are things that happen when the pressure is on and you can't handle the pressure. Granted, they're a very young side, and Pochettino has said that.
4: Yes, I, I don't think that po- po- Pochettino has handled himself particularly well either, especially last night. Um, I would look to be being a fly in the wall at as team talk because it, it appears to me from the way that, that uh, sports stars are off that they decided, well, we're going to kick Chelsea off the pitch tonight because uh, in my opinion at least four sports players were very, very lucky to stay on that pitch last night and uh, Pacino uh, should have been sent off as well for, for his, his intrusion, he shouldn't be going in there. Let let those players sort them among he, the among problems He, the manager, is not supposed to uh, go on the field to play, and he went and and, and did that. And my thought is, Mark Kattenberg, um was very very uh, um, easy in the way they refereed the game last night because Clyde, Clyde, uh, Kyle Walker should have gone.
5: Um, yep, still uh,
4: dire, Sorry, sorry. Who, who, uh, you know, Dembele should have gone for the poke in the eye of, of Costa uh, Dyer should have gone it was crazy stuff absolutely ridiculous stuff. Danny Rose should have gone Danny Rose was at had, had 3 or 4 94 um, and work even spoke to him yeah. so I mean there, there, these lads were, were, were on tender hooks all, all, all night long but there were certainly I mean people talk about, about a chain of up as what is his coming manager he's this manager he's that manager but last night I, I, I feel over the past few weeks against West Brom as well he was found wanting very, very much so. In what sense? And, and uh, in the sense that he, he he hadn't got the players and the team prepared in the correct fashion. That they were, they were all over there. They had, a, they had the cushion of a two nil lead, and yet they went and blew it As, uh, against West Brom. He, he couldn't they couldn't handle the situation that that uh, um, the likes of, uh, of McLean was just uh, marking and, Mark and Kyle Walker instead of it being, it being the other way around, and Kyle Walker wasn't getting forward. So he did nothing to change that. And he did lucky to change the, the, the play last night. I mean, Harry Kane has had a wonderful season, and another another smashing goal last night. But that's the only time that Harry Kane touched the ball in, in, in the first half in any meaningful in any meaningful fashion. And he wasn't the only one. And you look at the last. Um, they last the eight minutes of the actual game and then the six minutes of, of, inju- uh, of injury time. So 14 minutes. Yes. They didn't, didn't even have a shot at goal. You might as well get beaten 3-2 as well to me because you were gone anyway. Yes. So they never, they never really had, 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 a, had a cut at, at Chelsea. And when they did, when they did have that period of dominance, they didn't finish Chelsea off. And good teams will finish Chelsea off. I mean, Leicester down, uh, throughout the season have gone and got their 1-0 wins and that's wonderful, wonderful play. They didn't concede. But Spurs
5: got sloppy and started conceding. Do you think Spurs are well set up for next season? Do you think they will be a title challenger next season or will it be a case uh, that Man City will be back? Arsenal may or may not challenge again. Manchester United, who knows? Chelsea, maybe?
4: Yeah, no, it, it doesn't And of course. It doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't necessarily follow that because Spurs had, had, had a good season this season that they're going to be challenging next season. I mean, perhaps that is the best that this particular group of players can play. And, and perhaps that's the most that, that Policino can get out of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the question is now, is there more to come? Can they, can they drive on? You, you would expect that they should be driving on. But Spurs being Spurs, will they drive on? Because attitudes attitudes were, were, were pretty poor against West Brom and, and again uh, last night. When the pressure came on, when the pressure came on the manager, the manager didn't manage. When the pressure came on the players, the players didn't play. And, and it was quite the reverse with Leicester City. When the pressure came on Ranieri, he managed. When the pressure came on the players, they went and played. At Man United on Sunday, when they went goal down after ten minutes, mm. that's normally the kiss of death at, at, at Old Trafford. But no, they up the role of the is got back in the game and really should have gone and beaten Man United on, on, on Sunday. Didn't, but they, but they didn't get beaten, and that was the that was the important uh, result for Leicester on, on on Sunday.
5: Paddy, you've been around football a long time. Is this the greatest story ever told in football? Leicester winning the Premier League.
4: Yes, and, and and it's certainly it's certainly up there with with uh, the likes of Knox Forest and, and Ipswich Town back in in, in, in uh, I think it was nineteen sixty two and Sir Ralph Ramsey, the late Sir Ralph Ramsey was uh, was manager of the obviously. But I think this is even better again, because of, of, of the way the game has uh, has evolved and, and and the situation that Leicester found themselves in last season. That from last March they have been absolutely magnificent. They've been they've been more than the form team uh, since last March, and, and Nigel Pearson deserves it. His, his day in the sun as well for, for, for getting them from saving them from relegation and, and then Ranieri picking uh, picking up the reins and then uh, going going from there and it, it's just been, uh, it's, it's a wonderful story and it gives so much hope to every small club in in, in the world never mind never mind in England uh, that look at just yeah. what can be achieved and it can be achieved by by being honest with each other by plenty of hard work and by being dedicated to to, to, to your profession. And, and the, the Leicester, the Leicester uh, uh, team
5: deserve wonderful credit. Just before I let you go, I want to talk about the Champions League. Atletico Madrid going to Bayern Munich tonight with a one 0 lead. That's Tuesday night. On Wednesday, City going to Real Madrid, who may or may not be with the uh, with uh, without Ronaldo. Uh, what do you uh, What do you think will happen in both games?
4: Yes, I think if, if Ronaldo uh, uh, is anyway. Um is anyway fit, and I say anyway fit. I mean, if, if he is fit to play, not just he's not just putting him out because if they think he might be he might be okay. But if he's one hundred percent fit to play, I would fancy I would fancy Real Madrid to go and take care of uh, of City. But if he's not fit, well then City I would imagine City City would have a good chance. But then City uh, without David Silva as well, and he's he's gonna he's gonna be a big loss uh, to to City. And then it depends again uh, on which City turns up. You know, I mean, Sterling was going to be the the, the bright boy of of City, but he's had a, a, an absolute nightmare of a season. So can he come on 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 Wednesday night and, and turn it around for City? He's not a game changer. I doubt it very much. Don't be surprised if I better go take take care of of, of Bayern. Um, I better go, or, or, yes, they are yesterday one 0 but they they're so good defensively, they're so solid, they're, and, and and they're so quick in the break. You know, when they when they when they break five and six. Uh, Atletico Madrid players go on break and, 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 and i I imagine that they will hit, hit Bayern on, on the break. Now Bayern are a very, very good team. Let's let's be very clear about that. But I've got a sneaking fancy that uh, Atletico just might turn them
5: over. Paddy Mulligan, thanks for joining us on the Rewind that's that's on News Talk. Thank you, O'Shane. Thank you very much. We're turning to Snooker to finish now and Mark Selby may well be the most outshone world champion in Leicester today. Uh, Daniel Kelly of Newstalk.com was at the crucible during the tournament and obviously followed it all the way to Selby's win over Ding Zhonghui last night. 18 frames to 14. First of all, Dana deserved world title for Mark Selby? Uh, a second
1: one? A second one, yeah. First of all, he's probably the only world champion in Leicester, uh, let alone being an out on- <laughs> no, world champion. He won 18-14. Basically, he had it won on the opening session. He went 6-0 up against the Chinese star. Ding got it back to one frame at two separate times. But he was never able to draw level. Uh, they've mentioned throughout the tournament the adage to the commentators that you can't win the match in the first session but you can certainly lose it in it. And that's what happened to Ding.
5: What's his style of play like? Is it entertaining? Is it good to watch?
1: Well, Dennis Taylor famously calls him Sat Nav Selby. He would be a pretty tactical player but he can put on the centuries when he needs to. Uh, especially on Sunday night. In the last two or four frames against Ding, it was, I think one of the frames went to an hour and seven or eight minutes. This was where 35 minutes earlier, Ding was one pot away from winning the frame. And Selby played on for another half hour because he was very close to actually winning the frame. He can just, he can grind it out yeah. of pairs. Neil Robertson, who's a former world champion, he lost in the first round. He said before the final that he expected Selby to drag... Uh, Ding through, uh, through the clay that he'll make an absolute hell for him and he said he would win 18-14 and that's exactly what happened and
5: that's exactly what happened indeed now there was a lot of pressure on Ding Jung. We, we heard about the amount of people that, was, uh, that were watching him in China did that pressure get to him or was it just standard final pressure and he was beaten by a guy who played better
1: it was his first final uh, so there was a certain amount of pressure in that obviously he has the weight of a of the nation on his shoulders by continent
5: you can argue cont- I
1: also think he was just genuinely tired yeah. he had three qualifying matches albeit he won them pretty easily I think in the out of the three games I think he won by a combined 30 frames to 7 or 30 frames to 8 so he didn't have a lot of pressure in the in the qualifiers but he still had three extra games compared to Selby and even watching him on Sunday night he he just looked very very tired
5: yeah Mark Selby um, can he go on to dominate? Is he that kind of player? I don't or? think he
1: is, but I think the win puts him into another level of world champion. Like I have a list here in front of me with brilliant players, like for example our own Ken Doherty, Sean Murphy, uh, Terry Griffiths, Neil Robertson, Stuart Bingham. These players are one-time world champions. To become a second, uh, to become a two-time champion, you move up to that other level. Yeah. There are less than ten players that have ever won it on uh, multiple times. So Selby automatically goes into the greats of the game. For his win on Monday night I don't think he can dominate He is though The current number one uh, The current world number one
5: There's no one there At the moment Like Stephen Hendry When Stephen Hendry Was at his peak There was no touching him He was God I can't believe I'm about to make this Clichéd comparison But he was the Tiger Woods Of Snooker for a while There is no Stephen Hendry Although Tiger Woods Would have been the Stephen Hendry of golf Because Stephen Hendry Came before Tiger Woods
1: But there is no Stephen Hendry There's no Steve Davis At the moment Everyone uh, assumes that Ronnie O'Sullivan is the best player in the world that when he turns up at a tournament he's automatically favoured. but uh, he's O'Sullivan now has some won a world title I think in three years so yeah. he, he had a little period there where he was the most dominant player in the game he may be on the win clearly because he isn't just playing the tournaments that Selby and the rest of the players are he comes in for the big ones Selby's probably the most consistent player, but then again, would I, I would put a lot of money on him not retaining the title next year because that just seems to be how it goes. It's very hard now for someone to win two in a row.
5: I remember doing an interview with Ronnie O'Sullivan a while back and he was beaten in the first round of a tournament. I don't even remember which one, it was so long ago. And I said, you know, we saw the best and the worst of you that, that day. And he said, no, you didn't. You saw another player playing better and he beat me. Yeah, that's, that's, kind of, yeah.
1: that's what Selby did when he won his first title. He just was a better player than Ronnie O'Sullivan in the final. Yeah. Uh, everyone thinks if, if, uh, Su- if O'Sullivan doesn't turn up to these events, say so if O'Sullivan loses in these events, that he just yeah. doesn't turn up. For example, Barry Hawkins, who beat him in the second round, it was the first time Hawkins had ever beaten him in a professional match, but Hawkins was by far the better
5: player. Yeah, exactly. Right, before I let you go, the Crucible has signed on for another 10 years, yes. which means it will stay there until, what, 2027? 20, 20, 20, it signed okay, a so deal the a few, yeah, the it's The immediate s- term future <laughs> is safe enough. Uh, you obviously were there, yes. and um, for those people who are. Uh, on Twitter they might recognize Dan from his snooker Row t-shirt or his Row snooker yeah, t-shirt the less said about it, like the it better. was sorry i should clarify it was a Row t-shirt that you wore to the snooker it wasn't a mix of Row. And well, the
1: way I look at it was it was just one of my normal t-shirts yeah. that I wore to that, that was not out of character for you, I have yes. to say.
5: What's the venue like? It Do you think is, it's good that it's staying there?
1: It's it's an outstanding venue. Uh up until when the announcement was made, the World Championships were only there until next year, which is forty years at the Crucible, which in itself is an amazing achievement. Yeah. The way that I I wrote an article on com, and the best way I can describe it is it's old, it's small, it's tight, it's unique, it has character, it's it's just one of these places where, if you're if you're half a fan of snooker, I would thoroughly recommend it. It's so it's so small, it's so intimate. You can be in the back row, you can be in the front row, and you can still have a brilliant view of the place. It's it it's just unique. Would you recommend
5: it to people who wouldn't class themselves as snooker fans? Because I would find it weird to go to a venue, to a sporting event, and have to be quiet for most of it. It's no, a different kind of experience, is. or is it? Uh, I've only ever seen exhibition snooker. I've never yeah, gone to a big tournament.
1: The w- the way I describe it is, you know where you're getting yourself into. Yeah. It isn't. It isn't a football match where or a hurling match in your case, Oisin, where we I cover everything. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, where you can be screaming and celebrating pots. So obviously, there is there is times where fans can applaud and make noise, but it's just the sort of general consensus that you know what you're getting into before the matches. Even the referees say throughout the games, "Quiet, please." You know when to make noise. You know when not to.
5: Okay. Dan Kelly, thanks for joining us on the Rewind here on News Talk, and you can check out Dan's work on newstalk.com forward slash sport. That's it for this week. Don't forget, to next Monday we're back as normal. We skip Monday this week because we're lazy and we don't work bank holidays. We will have a reflection on Clare against Waterford in the Allianz League. We'll talk about the uh, Leinster round-robin series of games in the uh, Leinster Hurling Championship. Offaly, if they lose, they're in deep, deep trouble. And uh, as we were talking about earlier on with Michael Verney of the Irish Independent and a former awfully hurler, uh, Christy Ring Cup hurling is a very real possibility Also We'll reflect on Manchester City against Arsenal And Spurs against Southampton Both games Live and exclusive On Off the Ball This Sunday afternoon I'll talk to you each morning Just before half seven And half eight On News Talk Breakfast uh, Until next week's Rewind Take care Good luck
0: Rewind With Usheen Langan
6: Doomed Last
5: season You wouldn't
1: have been Given a bet On Leicester being A Premier League team The following season And look where they are now It's beyond belief
2: I don't know. I don't know the secret. The players, the heart, the soul. How they they play it.
1: And what is your message for the fans,
2: Claudio? Oh, keep going. We want to improve a lot.
3: We are a great team, to be honest with you. Like, you know, um, we have a lot to improve on for the next day. Like, you know, but um, no, look, Morris showed a bit of near roly there at like the end, like they scored a free. a lot of rolling from the crowd. Like, you know, but, that's kind of the car of the And Roscommon
4: have survived by the narrowest of margins. Roscommon were doing the Venus, They were doing Haley coming up the closing track 115 to 17 points shell shock
1: all around the place